and welcome to the I-95 South edition of the Locked On Wizards podcast. Ben Sandick here. I am driving back from Philadelphia. I just made my drive probably about a half an hour longer than it needed to be because I stopped at a rest stop. And while I was there, I bought an easy pass because I didn't have one. I know I should have one by now. Didn't have one. So I'm like, great, I'll get one. Perfect. I need it for this road trip. For the rest of this trip, had some money preloaded on it. Uh, you know, gave the woman my my, my license, gave her my, uh, uh, my my driver's license, told her my, my my license plate information, filled it all out, got the thing, was excited to get it, put it in my car, you know, got got it set up. Driving down the road, I get to the Easy Pass, all good, and then my phone rings and it's called, ringing from a Delaware number. I'm like, what the? And it's the woman telling me that I left my license back where I bought the Easy Pass. So, I had to eventually find an exit, turn around, drive back. I guess you could say my comeback was my, my comeback was ultimately successful, even though I'm really upset right now, which is why I decided to do this podcast now, driving to help me pass the time, uh, rather than wait till I got home at I don't even know what time at this point. But the Wizards, I, I don't even know where we're going with this, but the Wizards, I guess you could say that the Wizards were derailed early. They tried, they, they, they tried to come back. My, my, my comeback, so to speak, very boring. Turn around, up, you know, up, down, back, over, nothing exciting. Scott Brooks decided for this, for their attempted comeback, he was going to pull out all the stops. He got all kinds of creative, both in terms of who was playing, strategy, and it almost worked. The Wizards lose, what was it, 118-113 at Philly. Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, they were everything you, you, we all imagined them to be in terms of talent and excitement. And I get, I'm, I'm, I probably had a different experience watching that game than most of you did. I can't stand the hack-a-shack. I mean, when I say I can't stand it, I mean, I understand the strategy of it. I think it exists, therefore I'm fine with it. And that was Scott Brooks's take when somebody asked him what did you know what did he think about the uh, what does he think about it for the game? He goes like, "Hey, it's not my role; it's the NBA's role." So he wasn't going to let anybody pin that on him as if he's the one that invented this. In any event, I found it charming almost in this case because. Look, let's go. Let's let's reflect here on what the Wizards were dealing with. No John Wall, third game without their All Star point guard. Bradley Beal left in the first half. He did return, but didn't play the final 15 minutes or so of the first half after getting popped in the eye by an inadvertent elbow from Jared Bayless after the game. Beal's eye was definitely a little puffy; had some redness in it. He said he passed the eye exam and the concussion test, but he'll have to get a further check out. Uh, when the, uh, Thursday when the Wizards are back in town. So he's he's playing. Otto Porter, one night after being the hero in Minnesota, was 3 for 14 for the field. Marquise Morris and Marcin Gortat were giving them not much. Neither one of them played in the fourth quarter for the second straight game. And so, and the Wizards are down 18 at halftime. The lead balloons to 24 points. And Scott Brooks is like, well, we're going to do something. I tweeted at one point, um, you know, at uh, my Twitter handle, of course, at Ben Standick. Of course, you can find me there if you want to hit me up. You can also hit me up on uh, 
email bstandig1 at gmail.com. And of course, find all the podcasts on iTunes. You already knew that. <clears throat> By the way, I just went through the Easy Pass. It's the third time I've now gone through the Easy Pass since I bought the thing. And they're four bucks each time at the Delaware border. And the Easy Pass only had ten bucks on it. The woman just told me it, it went off. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to be getting something in the mail from the Easy Pass people saying, hey, jerk off, you didn't pay. But I don't know. The woman just told me I did. So I have no idea. Anyway. So the Wizards are down 24 points. Scott Brooks is pissed off. He's not his start. Most of his starters are not giving him enough or having bad games. So he goes to the bench unit again, as he did in Minnesota, a bench unit that sparked them for sure in Minnesota. weren't as good in the first half this time, but they found their way in the second half. Interestingly enough, you had your Kelly Oubre, you had your Jody Meeks, who was very aggressive. I, I thought particularly in the third and early in the fourth quarter. You had your Tomas Sadoransky, who gave a third straight performance that I wrote a bit about. Uh, hopefully, it'll be up on FanRagSports.com uh, by the time you hear this. Uh, I wrote about him, but I wrote about sort of the overall theme that I'm going with here in just a second, or that I'm, get, that I'm getting to. And uh, the, the the surprise guest, Chris McCullough. I right, this is I, I believe going entering the third quarter of an actual game was the real first minutes I think Chris McCullough has had. Since he's been with the Wizards and and Jan Mahimi out there as well, and you know, I don't think there was a necessarily like a like a massive like ten zero run or anything like that. It was a slow build. Meeks was hitting some shots. Sadoransky was was being aggressive. Uh, McCullough was active, and they they started chipping it down. They get it down to like fourteen, eleven, ten, eight, and then with about six, and and, and Brooks kept the bench guys in there. The, with 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 six and change, Ben Simmons is on the court. We know what Ben Simmons' deal is in that tremendous passer uh, for a guy with his size. He he he, he got he was I, I don't know where the final number on the rebounds were, but he and Embiid at one point had as many rebounds as the entire Wizards team did in the second half. He's just tremendous, except for right now he can't shoot. And Scott Brooks, I guess, decided, well, you know what? We're, we're, we need to do something here. So he decided to employ, employ the hack and shack on Ben Simmons. They didn't do it once. They didn't do it twice. They didn't do it three times. They did it, I believe, 11 straight times. It was, I'm sure for the audience, it was miserable. And the, the Philly fans were certainly booing. As Kelly Oubre said after the game, hey, don't boo us. Your guy couldn't make the shots. <laughs> uh, boo your guys for missing. But the Wizards, by doing that and then by scoring a bunch, they scored a whopping 48 points in the fourth quarter. They pull, and Beal eventually did come in late. He was basically the only starter to play in the fourth quarter. Otto did uh, 22 seconds when Kelly Bray fouled out. And the Wizards got all the way back to get it down to three and couldn't quite pull it out. Just a little too much uh, for, for them to uh, overcome in the last two minutes. You can't do the hacking. And, uh, you know, ultimately Philly just held on. But, and, I, and what I want to do is I want to play for you guys some of the Scott Brooks audio afterwards uh, from from after the game. I'll play that here in a little bit. But what I really liked about this, I, I, there's a lot not like. The starters were, were continue to be lethargic. That was discussed plenty. Ultimately, they did lose. This is now two out of three. They've lost without John Wall. They've definitely, you know, have been on uh, – uh, 
a bit of a, a, a losing spell here now for the last week or so. But I think this game potentially, not just this game, but the game in Minnesota as well, or I, I don't know if I want to say they're turning points because that's a bit much. But I do think these are potential game changers for the Wizards and particularly for Scott Brooks because we've talked about plenty here about why does this happen? Why is that guy, why Why is he playing Marcus Thornton so much? Why is Trey Burke, the not point guard, playing point guard when Sadoransky is a point guard who's not playing? Well, why is Mike Scott, who's shooting 55% from three this month, sitting three of the last six games? Why is Jan Mahimi, who's not playing well, um, uh, playing every game? Well, why is he going with the five-man bench lineup when this particular five-man bench lineup is getting outscored consistently? You know, so on, you know, so on and so on and so on. And look, I, this is not to pick on Scott Brooks. And the, I mean, all, all coaches have, I don't even want to say flaws, but, you know, we all have differences of opinion on how we do things. It just seems like there's certain things that he does that at times, like, he eventually gets around to it, like, like the magic, like the Marcus Thornton situation from a year ago where he played a lot and then until he didn't. But what was interesting here was these last few games, it feels like Scott Brooks has been forced on some level to get super creative. To, to, to go to places, maybe, not that he hasn't ever gone before, but just maybe places he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, places in his m- mind he doesn't frequent often. It, it, at Minnesota, the Wizards have these bench lineups with no point guards in the game. He sat Morris and Gortat the entire fourth quarter, sticking with Mihimi and Scott, which, um, as, as, as arguably he should have based on how things, how they were playing. Mihimi was very active in that game, and, and Morris wasn't giving them a lot at the power forward spot. But then this game, you know, he basically is like, hey, uh, and I'll play this part of the audio for you later, audio later, but he basically, he, he said it without saying it while I was watching the game. And I was like, you know what? The heck with it. These guys aren't doing anything. We're going to, we're going to play some guys that are working. And the guy in particular, Sadoransky, two games in a row, he's now played more than Tim Frazier. I, I looked it up. And I don't have, if I get this wrong exactly, please don't yell at me. But I, in three, in the three games of that wall, I believe he has 18 assists and zero turnovers. I mean, we, you know, that, that is some good work right there. The, 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 they, they keep talking about, or the, the, the word as to wild the way this, this bad starts keep happening the last couple of games has been lack of energy right off the bat. I don't know if I've ever seen a Sadoransky game where he didn't come in with a lot of energy. But my point here is that we also know he wasn't playing much before John Wall got hurt. Four of the five games before Wall was out, he got, he didn't play at all. He's had several DNPs this year in games where he's played, you know, four or five minutes, what what have you, probably mostly in some sort of a garbage time situation. Uh, you know, it, last year it seemed like it. This year even more so that Sadoransky needs to be in there somehow. I get it. You can't play everybody all the time. But he just gives you a lot of different stuff. And... and Part of what he gives you is he's young, he's athletic, he's got potential. Same thing can be said for Kelly Oubre, and same thing can be said for Chris McCullough, who I thought did okay tonight. I, I'm not convinced Chris McCullough is uh, a, a huge threat right now, and that's fine. I mean, you know, look, if they have an opportunity to use him and he can produce, then then do it. I, you know, not saying not, but those three guys, whenever we all talk about the Wizards, what do they need? What do they need? The issue with the Wizards on some level is they just don't have a lot of guys who have more upside than what we already know. Those three guys do. We have no idea where Kelly Oubre's ceiling truly is, right? I mean, he had another big, he had a, 
it, while the starters have lacked energy these last two games, Ubre has not. He's continually showing up, playing with a lot of hustle. Doesn't always maybe make the smart play, but he's going out there and doing a, a, a lot of good work. Sadoransky the same, and McCullough did today as well. If you tell me those three guys can somehow be part of your rotation that going forward, it dramatically changes how we view the Wizards. Certainly they're a younger team than, than what they've shown. And a more athletic team. And then, you know, come on, let's be real. Oh, maybe a little more interesting team because we don't quite know. Maybe it's not even better, but certainly more interesting. In any event, who knows if John Wall doesn't get hurt, does Sadoransky get these minutes? Probably not based on what we've seen. Certainly Chris McCullough is not getting hurt or not getting in there if, you know, Marquise Morris, uh, and, and maybe some others weren't struggling. And it forced Brooks to have to use some of these guys. And, and and come up with a different creation, uh, different situations, and even again, even the hacka, the hacka Simmons, as it were, you know, uh, like I said, it's not really how I would like basketball to be. Sadoransky was saying it's not what they do overseas, and it's take it took him a little bit to get used to what was actually happening out there, how to how to process it, um, but it worked. And I like the fact that Scott Brooks was willing to go there. I don't necessarily know Scott Brooks' true feelings on this. I tried looking up during the game to see if he's done it before. Looks like he had at Oklahoma City, uh, you know, which, you know, not that uh, <clears throat> not that surprising that, that he had. But in any event, I, I like the fact that he was digging deep himself, that he was willing to, to go outside the box to try different lineups, to try different players, because it has been – Awkward, and like I said, this is a bigger picture problem on the sense in that why you know it isn't just that John Wall's out. They're, like I said, I wrote the other day that just they need more from Marquise Morris. They're not getting a ton right now. Uh, if that means more Mike Scott, I don't really have an issue with that. Mike Scott's got some defensive issues on his own, but you know he's been making shots. He's been uh, you know doing his part. Um, you know, I, I I wouldn't expect Chris McCullough to necessarily be in the lineup any again anytime soon. But hey, you know what? He threw him out there. It worked. I don't know what his plus minus was, but I bet it was pretty darn high because he entered somewhere around the point the Wizards were down or in 24 points and they got it down to three. So, you know, I, you know, as I say all the time, plus minus is something of a bogus stat and he might be something of an example if he has a plus minus around 20, but he helped. He wasn't a, he wasn't a liability out there. I mean, he, you know, he did some stuff. Um, as for the, the idea of why didn't Brooks uh, put the starters back in when things got to around three points with under four minutes to go. He, and again, I'll, I'll play this audio in a minute. He basically said, screw, you know, what the hell? Why would I? Those guys weren't getting the job done. These guys made the comeback. Well, I, I don't have to go back to the starters. If they don't give me reason to, I, I, I need these guys to play hard, play, play with energy. They didn't. These other guys did. So that's what I went with. So in any event, it's a, it's a long way of me basically saying that the Wizards lost this game, but maybe these two the last two games have opened up a creative door uh, to 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 what the Wizards are, are are about. Maybe it'll give Scott, especially if Sadoransky in particular can keep going, however long Wall's out. I mean, if it, the original guess, if it was two weeks, would be about another you know seven games, about four games from now. So who knows? Maybe by that point, if Sadoransky is keeping it up. That he turns into the backup point guard and not Tim Frazier. We'll see. Um, in any event, the Wizards lose. 
but maybe they've gained something with some create creativity. Beyond that, uh, many thanks to uh, the Sixers, particularly PR guru Patrick Reese, for uh, helping me out up there today. Patrick was the former uh, number two PR for the Wizards. He went up to the Philadelphia this year. Super good guy, running a good show up there. Enjoyed my time, the, the drive back and forth. You know, it is what it is, but uh, I, I enjoyed uh, my time there. I enjoyed getting a, watching the Wizards in person from a different angle, whereas the whereas at uh, Capital One Arena, we're sitting, probably a lot of you guys know, but we're sitting right above, the, the, they have right, right, literally right on top of the tunnel where the Wizards come out of. So it's a bit off the court. Um, this was much closer to the core, about three rows behind the people who were sitting at the baseline, basically. And uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed that view as well. I'll be honest, you know, I was focusing on my story that I was writing sort of in the third quarter because, look, there was getting a blowout. Even when they pulled it back within, you know, 14, 12, 10, you know, still how are you going to get it all the way down? But when they started to get they kept coming. And uh, kudos to the Wizards guys for that. Uh, they're back at it Friday at home against Detroit, and then it's five straight on the road. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say Detroit is a must-win game, but obviously the road trip's going to be a challenge. So they've already been Detroit once this year, but Detroit's looking like a much better team. Andre Drummond, Reggie Jackson, Tobias Harris are, are a formidable trio. So we'll see what the Wizards can get done. And I'll honestly be really curious to see what kind of attitude this team has. I mean, Scott Brooks, I haven't, you know, I, I'm at every home game. This is my first road game of the year. So I can't say that I have technically seen all of his post-game uh, pre- you know, pressers. Now, that said, I have a general feel for how they go or what his tone is, win, lose, or draw. And I, I feel like tonight's was a little bit more testy than normal. That's kind of what I want to play for you guys some of the audio. I mean, he's, there's no expletives. He's not ranting and raving. You know, if I say he's a little more you know, honorary than normal, it's just a matter of uh, by, by degrees. But I, but I do feel there was a little more more edge to him. And frankly, I, I, I kind of enjoyed it. And like I said, mostly for me, I really kind of enjoyed the creativity aspect of, the, of this game as well as the game as the previous game. But anyway, let's get to it here. Uh, tease it up. Here's Scott Brooks after the game. A lot of interesting stuff here, I thought. Uh, Hope you guys do as well. Well, we didn't come out with uh, appropriate energy to to win on the road or win at home, an NBA game. Uh, Then our shots weren't falling, and and we put our heads down, and and then we got down by a big number. Halftime, uh, try to regroup and come back. And, and it seemed like anything we did wasn't working in our favor. But we started playing uh, a little harder and things turned. And, you know, the free throw game obviously helped us. So, in terms of doing that, though, when did you get a sense that maybe the guys were kind of like, okay, this is working, and then our offense could come around, we could get it to – considerable margin. Well, it's, you know, when you're down 24, anything's in play. Uh, you're just trying to do whatever it takes to give us a chance to, you know, cut the lead. Um, his free throw percentage is not good at the moment, uh, so it gave us a chance to stop the clock and 
shoot threes, why, you know, hopefully they miss free throws. For the second straight game, things turn because of the bench. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you're picking up with your starters, why they've been kind of out of sorts these last two games? Well, Brad, you know, unfortunately he got uh, elbowed in the nose. Uh, it was an accident. It wasn't on, on purpose, but that didn't help because that gave us basically down two starters. Uh, but we still, we got to play better. We got to play better. We got to take more pride in, in what we do and, and come out with that, with that energy and that togetherness and that fight to start the game. And, you know, they didn't do that the last two games, and they got a chance to do it Friday night. Is there any setbacks medically with Keith right now? I know he's just not, probably not playing the way he wants to. No, uh, no, not that I know of. No, he just has to, he has to go out there and compete and play better, and he will. It's, it's going to turn for him. He's had some up and down games so far, but we want more consistency out of him, and you know it, it will. I think Brad was the only starter who played up until Kelly felt I needed to put Otto in. Where's that line between benches getting you back in, but then he gave you a point? And do you, do you think at all about kind of going back to any of the starters? No, not at all. You know, we were down 24. They had their chance and wasn't wasn't looking too good. It's um, what teams are about. You got to have all guys ready, and, and it's a disrespect that if you don't believe in your guys on the bench. And I've been in that position many times, and I believe in all of our guys. You know, some nights the starter's not going to play well, and that's when you have your bench come in, and then vice versa. Some nights the bench is not going to play well, and you put your starters with more minutes. If people are complaining about that, they're they're in the, they're in the wrong business. Uh, the business is about about team, about developing a camaraderie and developing a brotherhood and and playing together basketball and we have guys that do that uh but no the decision was easy for me we saw you employ the quote-unquote hack-a-shack there with ben uh up until two minutes left i mean i know you use that as a strategy but do you feel that it's good for the game the way, the way it's, it it's not my role it's nba role is this a, somewhat of a message you want to send to no, I, the, the message is you got to play hard. It's, I'm, I'm a simple coach. You play hard and you play for your teammates. And if you do, don't do that, I got to figure out who will. And and we and we've done that. You know, we've lost some close games, and it wasn't effort; it was execution, both ends of the floor. Uh, and the games that we lost, we're never, very rarely, do I ever complain about our our effort. But we do have to come out with more energy in that first quarter. Uh, we can't be down. Uh, and you know, it's even though we have two starters down tonight, still. I don't believe in excuses. I believe in opportunities. You're already down with that wall with the, with the other some of the other starters not playing so well. It's led to some interesting lineups last night. You got Chris McCullough in there tonight, who hasn't really been playing at all. The the, the hacker, whatever, is yeah. that really just sort of led? This led you to have to hey, we got to like I said, we have to find something. We have work. to find something. We got to find energy in the guy. One thing about Chris, he does come work every day. He comes work and comes with a smile. He does everything we ask and. You know, we're down 24, so I figured, you know, give him a chance. Maybe he can spark us. Uh, you know, I have a chance to put Jason in there, but I know what Jason can do, and he will get his time sooner uh, than later probably. Uh, thank you. All right, there you go. Wizards head coach Scott Brooks. I am still, uh, at the time I'm recording this, I'm still driving. I still got a ways to go, but I've killed enough time here on this podcast so hopefully you guys hopefully the sound quality is good enough hopefully you guys uh are down with uh, a ramblings of a dude at now two in the morning driving home from i-95 and got super delayed because he's a moron who left his driver's license at a rest stop and couldn't get back 
<sighs> All right. Anyway, I got coffee. I'm going to put on uh, a podcast, not mine, somebody else's, and uh, we'll go from there. But uh, back at it Thursday night for Friday morning podcast, and they'll do one after the Wizards game against the Pistons. Thanks to you guys, as always, for listening. Uh, I, I always forget to mention, but uh, I'm doing a college basketball podcast You can uh, about all the teams in the DMV. You can find that on patreon.com forward slash Ben Standing. If you do, go check it out. I, I'm, uh, on that one, you guys help me out with, uh, you become a patron, you get, you get to hear the podcasts right away, plus some other cool, uh, little bonuses there as well. So check that out. Patreon.com forward slash Ben Standing. This week I have, uh, our, our, the first episode this week will be two a week. First one, NBC Sports College Basketball writer Rob Dowster joins me to talk Maryland, Georgetown, and so on. All right, that's it. Wizards lose in Philly, but we'll see. Maybe they gain something bigger picture if Scott Brooks keeps that creative, creative, uh, mind open and, uh, you know, potentially alters his, his future rotation when John Wall comes back. All right, until next time. See ya. Neal gets open for three. Dagger! Dagger!